Welcome to the latest edition of the Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell and joined by my colleague at Buff Zone, Pat Rooney. Pat, how are you? Doing well, Mr. Howell. How are you? I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, we are uh, very quickly approaching the start of this football season. And um, it's been a really long time of us just, uh, of everybody, just talking about this football team, watching it come together. And, uh, you know, we're not far away from seeing a game. And I know we're going to talk more about that game next week. But um, are, are you excited about the fact that there's a game day coming up and we can actually see this team play? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know you know how it goes as you just mentioned it's a lot to talk about there's been a lot to talk about with this team obviously since the coaching change uh late in 2022 Deion Sanders coming in and bringing a world of attention suddenly to Colorado football uh so there's been a lot of stories been fun to follow obviously uh, for us and especially you uh, but definitely ready for some games and ready to see some of these new guys in action for sure yeah, and you know we've we haven't seen any of fall camp. I mean, this has been you know a unique fall camp, and that you know typically we'll get to watch a practice or two. We'll, you know, we'll see a scrimmage. I mean, I remember two years ago, I think you were there. Um, you know, we're we're at a scrimmage and we see J.T. Shroud go down with a season-ending injury uh, during mm-hmm. that. So um, typically we'll see one or two practices, but we haven't been able to see a minute of it um, in person. But we get to see a lot of it on well-off media, so we've seen. I feel like we've seen maybe uh, in some ways as much as we have in the past. It's just been a different way of seeing it. So it's been a unique way of covering this team. It certainly has, and you know, kind of not knowing what player you will get um, at the podium after each practice is uh, a little bit different. Um, you know, unfortunately fans kind of get the same story every day from all of us that are out there covering the team. Um, just because that's kind of who you have to write about for that particular day. You know what I mean? So, um, definitely has been different on that front, you know, there's, but on the other hand, as you mentioned, you know, a lot more kind of video footage and, and social media footage being put out by the program itself. So certainly a different dynamic, but, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it. I get a rare road trip alongside you for football, Mr. Howell, and uh, looking forward to getting down there next week. Yeah, you know, and you know, you get to go to Fort Worth and enjoy some heat down there, heat and humidity. So that'll be exciting. But uh, this team, you know, you mentioned you know, we 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 kind of get one player a day, and it's whoever's brought to the podium. I think the fans are don't really care as much this year because they feel like they're getting more access with well-off uh, media and all their things, but. Um, uh, I'm sure you've watched some of those things. What are your impressions of hearing about this team and watching some of those videos? And is there anybody that's standing out to you? Yeah. I mean, you know how I typically look at things, these things, Brian, I, you know, I take anything that's kind of put out by the program with, with, with a grain of salt, obviously it's kind of what they're willing to promote and so forth. But I'm, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to looking, uh, watching, Travis Hunter play and, and and seeing him play on both sides of the ball. I'm looking forward to Dylan Edwards. I'm a little intrigued with him. Uh, Dylan Edwards as a, as a kick returner to see him, what he might be able to bring to the uh, e- equation, returning kickoffs. And, you know, I don't know what the plan is for punts, but uh, it'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all these athletes in in action. And, and certainly Travis Hunter is the guy that, that, that kind of jumps out for me on a lot of those videos. Yeah, you know, obviously, you know, he's he's a pretty phenomenal athlete. And you know, Dylan is a guy that uh 
I have grown more and more excited about as camp has gone on. Not that I wasn't before. I knew he was a very talented uh, player, but the more stuff you see of him and the more you hear about him, you're like, wow, this guy might actually have a bigger role than I anticipated. And um, he was a guy that I knew they were going to try to get the ball to, but I thought maybe he's somebody you try to get the ball five to eight times a game, but that might be 15 to 18 times a game. You might want the, the ball in this guy's hands. I mean, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but uh, you know, and obviously Shador Sanders is a guy that everybody wants to see that has apparently had a phenomenal camp. I mean, that's what we're hearing. Uh, that's, and again, we don't get to see it, but um, you watch some of the videos and like he's throwing some fantastic throws and uh, there hasn't been good quarterbacking around here in a long time. I think that if nothing else is a reason for people to get excited is you have a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the you know the better part of twenty ish years, you know, there's been some spot moments. Obviously, Sefo Lufau and Steven Montez had had their moments, but I don't think anyone has quite the potential that Shadur Sanders has flashed so far. And certainly, with the array of athletes at its disposal at the skill positions, uh, Colorado hasn't had that combination in, in a very long time around here. So, you know, I do think it's telling that, you know, kind of a couple times in, in camp, you know, a couple times we've gotten coach Sanders is, you know, he's mentioned, you know, and I know one of them was kind of unsolicited. He just kind of brought it up in, in answering another question about the need to, you know, kind of keep him upright, keep Shadur upright in, in the, in the pocket. And yeah, I think it was telling that he's mentioned that a couple times. I think that's a concern going into the season on offense. I think obviously if there is a concern on the offense, it's that line. And if they can protect Shadur, uh, because then the next question mark that, you know, you wrote about a little bit about just yesterday is who's going to back him up at that number two QB spot. Yeah. And uh, certainly you hope the quarterback stays healthy. I mean, we saw, you know, throughout his career, Steven Montez uh, was pretty healthy uh, for three years as a starter, and I uh, was able to play. I think he started uh, every single game for three years in a row and uh, barely came out. So you would hope that that's what happens with Shadour, but, you know, cl- clearly that backup spot is a concern. But to me, that pressing concern is the offensive line. And, uh, and not even, I wouldn't even say concern in that I don't think they can play. It's just that I don't know yet how good they're going to be as a group. And, uh, you know, you look at the group and say, uh, you know, Van Wells, I think, was a pretty solid true freshman center last year, and you expect him to be better. Jared Christian Lichtenhan, you know, uh, nobody blocked well, super, super well on this team last year, but you would think that he's a better left tackle than he was last year with some experience and with the coaching of Bill O'Boyle. You have a couple of Kent State guys and Jack Bailey, Savon, uh, Savion Washington, that have known this system. They know these coaches. And then, uh, you know, at that other guard spot, you have Jack Wiltier, Land, and BP that, that were you know, accomplished. They were all conference type of guys at their previous school. So these are guys that can't play. I'm just curious what they look like when they come together. And if anything happens to them, there's, there's not a whole lot of depth. Yeah. And they haven't played, you know, these guys haven't had a chance to, to work together very long um, with all, with all the transfers that have come in. Uh, Yeah. I think that gets a little bit underrated. The, you know, talks chemistry, you know, between the quarterback and receivers, maybe the quarterback and the center at times. But, you know, the chemistry along the offensive line is is equally in, in, in some ways maybe more important than any of them. And uh, that's certainly going to be the case with this team. I'm looking forward to, you know, it's a little bit of our, we have our preview section coming out by the time uh, we do another podcast next week. Uh, that'll be kind of out there. And I know I kind of have my, my prediction column that we do every year. 
And, you know, I, I mentioned this in here. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing these skill position players in action. I think they have a chance to be really fun to watch. I am concerned about how well this team's going to perform up front on the offensive side, really on both sides of the ball. But talking the offense, to me, that's where the concern is. Yeah, and I will say the one thing about the offensive line, uh, you're right, they haven't played together. But uh, the one thing that I do like is that as you watch these videos every single day that come out, it's been the same group every single day uh, blocking in front of Shadur. And it's it's six guys. They're, they're kind of rotating uh, at one of those guard spots. But it's the same guys every single day. And I like that. There's at least some continuity being built up in practice where in years past we've seen it where it was mix and match every single day and, and multiple times a day sometimes. So um, I do like at least they're building some camaraderie in fall camp. That, that gives me a little bit of hope that that group will be okay by the time that the season starts. I don't know about you, but like to me, like that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think, you know, that that being said, well, the concerns about the offensive line, um, you know, every football team, it's it's the old cliche. They try to get better every week. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. Uh, I think the unique makeup of this team with with so many newcomers, so many guys that just came in over the summer as well, weren't even here even at spring practice. Uh, I think that 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 cliche certainly holds true, even maybe more so for this particular Colorado football team. Uh, they're going to be a work in progress for sure. You know what we see next week at, at TCU, maybe even the home games that follow. You know those rivalry games uh, to, to to follow here in Boulder. Um, you know, I I think this will be a different team. I I think this team has a world of potential to get a lot better as the season goes on you know maybe it doesn't always show up in the win column um but i think the building process to to what you know coach sanders is trying to build here is going to be ongoing throughout the season yeah i agree with you Uh, and i also think that even in games that they're going to lose and i'm sorry to break to some people they're going to lose some games uh i think they're going to be entertaining and they're going to be uh you know a fun product to watch i mean i i just don't think that you know, an offense led by Shador Sanders is going to be bad. And I don't think the team led by Shador Sanders is going to be bad. You know, the over-under is three and a half in Vegas. I just don't see them being the underside of that. I think that he alone is going to account for, you know, a couple of victories just because of how good he can be. But um, certainly that defense has got to play well. Also, they were horrible last year. I, I can't imagine they're as bad as they were last year, I've got to think it's a it's a major step up. Even if they're not a great defense, it's got to be a major step up, right? Yeah, looking at that side of the ball, you know, it's almost kind of the the same dynamic as we just discussed on the offense. Uh, impressed with the the skill positions, if you will, the defensive backs and the depth that they've built there. You know, Coach Sanders said when he came in, he wants to build this from the outside in, uh, but again. I question just how efficient they're going to be on the inside. Uh, They weren't very good last year on the interior defense. And, you know, with a few exceptions, maybe if you, you know, with the linebacker crew, it's hard to really say right now whether that unit has really upgraded over last year. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I do like Levanta Bentley. I like Demoy Kennedy. Marvin Ham apparently has had a great camp, although, uh, he hasn't been, you know, a, a key player on the Colorado's defense in the years he's been here. But 
you know, certainly a guy can get better, right? And he's been impressive to these guys. Um, I, I sort of like that that inside linebacker group, uh, but I want to see him play together. But my main concern is that defensive front. Um, I think they have really good players uh, on that starting unit as far as like Bishop Thomas, Amari McNeil, uh, you know, Leonard Payne, um, Shane Cokes. I think these are guys that have had great camps, but there's really only there's five guys on the entire defense that weigh more than 260 pounds. That's a concern. I mean, if there's some injuries there, then they're in some trouble. But I do like the main group that, that started out. But if they're healthy, I think they're okay. But if, if there's injuries, I think they're in some trouble. Yeah, obviously that's another spot uh, on the interior there where, you know, depth is a concern. And, uh, you know, I mean, every year it's it's just a percentage. Someone's going to get hurt on the offensive line. Someone's probably going to get, you know, not necessarily season injury, but – season-ending injuries, but, you know, someone's going to get dinged up. You know, chances of all five offensive linemen starting the entire season intact is very low for any team, and same can be said on defense. So, um, yeah, that's that's certainly a concern. It's almost like the backup quarterback uh, and, and the depth on the offensive line. Uh, the depth on the defensive line is certainly a concern. Uh, there, there's there's just not a lot of bodies there to to fill in if, if, if guys start getting sidelined. So, uh, we'll see how it starts out. Obviously, TCU gashed this team, you know, in the second half last year. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup down there. Um, but I think, obviously, TCU will be a good gauge uh, as to exactly where this defense is at in the early stages and, and what needs to get better going forward. Yeah, and I, I would think, and we'll, we'll get more into this next week, but I would think if you're TCU you know, and even Nebraska, you're going to want to try to gash this team up the middle uh, to start things off, see if you can do it because they weren't very good at it last year. It's a totally different group. I get it, but because they're, they're kind of thin on depth right now, I would try to gash them with the run game early on and see what you can do, because I'd rather do that than try to test tra- Travis Hunter and some of those corners right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going to come at them and they're going to kind of beat them up front before they go challenging the best players on that. Colorado defense, which is in the secondary. So I would expect more of the same of, of what you just described going into that game. Um, and, you know, like I said, we'll see where this defense is at. I don't expect it to be a finished product by any means next week at TCU, uh, but they'll certainly kind of see how far they have to go uh, coming out of that one. Yeah, and, and I don't expect this to be a great defense, but I think they can be much better than last year. Like I said, they have to be. If they can keep opponents to – 28 to 30 points a game which um, is still kind of a lot I I think they're going to win some games because I think this offense can score 28 to 30 plus points a game so um, to me that target is four touchdowns what do you think on on defense hold teams to 28 or less yeah I think that's going to keep you in most games certainly uh, this season uh, and certainly in, in the Pac-12 so I think that's certainly a uh, a reasonable goal, you know, obviously, you know, every coach say you want to stop them every time, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, realistic expectations, if you hold teams to that number, uh, you're going to have a chance to, to be in every game. And I think if the Buffs get that, they'll gladly take it because I agree with you, um, you know, especially the way last year kept kept plodding along. It just became harder and harder to, to get points, to get first downs even at times. I don't expect that to be the case with this offense they should be able to score points. And uh, if you, if you can, if the defense can hold it in the range, you talked about around that, you know, 28 to, to 30 mark, you're going to have a chance to be in just about every game in the schedule. 
Yeah. And, and one quick thing on, on special teams, uh, if you watch some of the videos, you got to feel pretty good if they need a long field goal that uh, at least Jace Feely can get in there and get it done. I don't know if you saw the video from the scrimmage the other day, but uh, nailed a couple of 58 yarders with room to spare. So, um, and then, you know, Alejandro Mata has been, you know, they call him automatic or Matomatic, I think they call him. Uh, because he's been so good inside 40, and I don't know what his range is, but I, I feel pretty solid about that kicking game that they're going to be okay there. And then, you know, Mark Fassett, uh, one of the best punters in the ACC last year, record-setting punter at Louisville is now here. So uh, to me, probably the the spot you least worry about outside of Shador at quarterback is that kicking game. Well, we'll see when the lights go on. That's certainly one position where it's really hard to guess what the translation will be from practice to a game situation. You know, you can put all the pressure in the world you want and try to recreate that game atmosphere, even in a scrimmage, but it's just not the same as going down to TCU and maybe having to make a money kick with the game on the line or something like that. So we'll see how that pans out, but it's certainly nice that they have depth and competition at that spot. You know, it's one spot where they, you know, a pretty good kicker left here from last year. Yeah. And I think there's going to be an onus on those guys to, to kind of step up and do the job. Certainly a talentless there, as you mentioned that, you know, they've, they've been on the mark in practice. Uh, we'll see how it translates, but, but certainly having having the two guys kind of battle it out and, you know, maybe they, uh, maybe they kind of stick with that dynamic. Maybe Mata's the guy for, you know, 40 and under, and, and maybe Feely takes the long range and the kickoffs, but that'll be one, thing that'll be interesting to watch you know another one of the many things interesting to watch next week at tcu yeah and it is one of those areas that we haven't really heard much about as far as like what the competition looks like other than when we ask about yeah the competition's great and i'm happy with all the kickers but we don't really know who's kind of leading that so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but um you know pat you and i'll get more into tcu next week obviously but um i do want to transition um very quickly a couple of non-football things um you know, first night soccer game at Prennett Field was last week, and you were there. Uh, looks like a pretty, it was a pretty cool atmosphere. A lot of the football team was there, um, and then the men's basketball uh, non-conference schedule has been set. So uh, those are two teams that you cover quite a bit. So uh, let's start with soccer. What was that atmosphere like? Yeah, it was great to see those lights uh, finally go up there at Prennett uh, on a great opening night. Good crowd. Uh, you know, the, the plan is to have most of the Thursday games at night to allow more of the kind of surrounding community to, to get out there. You know, certainly the, the young soccer players, the kids coming out, it, it, those afternoon games were really hard. The sun's kind of beating down on you, the sunset, uh, if you're sitting on the those stands in the east side. So uh, it was a great atmosphere, good win by the bus. You know, kind of stubbed their toe, though, on Sunday. I was a little surprised by that result. Wasn't out there on Sunday. I will be out there this upcoming Sunday with a, a key matchup against Michigan State where they certainly can make amends. Um, and then Thursday night this week against Colorado College, they have a, a state rivalry. But I'll be out there on Sunday, you know, getting that win against Michigan State will go a long way toward making up for, for that uh, Marquette loss. And as far as the men's basketball schedule, you know, most of it was out there already. We kind of got some T's crossed and I's dotted. A couple of those final matchups were uh, announced for, for the home slate. So no huge surprises. Uh, only one true road game will be at Colorado State. You know, I, I don't know how well they'll be tested at home this season, um, but they've got the great matchup against Miami and Brooklyn. That's one to look forward to. And then those matchups in the, 
uh, Sunshine Slam in Daytona Beach just ahead of Thanksgiving should provide some pretty good competition too. They open against Richmond and then depending on the results, they will play either Florida state or UNLV the following day. So uh, should be a pretty good test. You know, most of the home games didn't really light up the page. Haven't really had a chance to talk to Tad Boyle about the particulars yet. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this, the PAC 12 kind of instituted some scheduling requirements uh going forward to make sure that as a league they were putting together non-conference schedules competitive enough to you know kind of jockey for ncaa tournament spots and the idea was they would you know all all member schools had to have uh you know a three-year non-conference game average at a certain net rating um kind of cumulative over three years well Putting this schedule together, you know, most of it was done in spring, so I don't know how much they even had to think about it. Uh, but going forward, that's not really going to be a consideration. So no huge home games on the ledger, but Buffs certainly will be tested in each and every one of those away from uh, away from the event center. Yeah, and if they don't do it, what are they going to do, kick them out of the league? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it does seem like a – It'll be an interesting uh, mix of games and test of games for that team, and um, it's going to be an exciting team that uh, you know we'll talk more about obviously as we get closer to it. But yeah. um, thinking about some of the things that are going to go by the wayside, you know, such as uh, you know the the net requirements for league, but how about also? I thought it was a great idea. I know Tad Boyle probably didn't think it was such a great idea when they lost at Grambling State early last year. But uh, the scheduling and kind of uh, cultural exchange agreement between the Pac-12 and the SWAC, you know, I assume is kind of out the window at the moment. Obviously, the, you know, the Pac-12 is still trying to figure out what the situation is going to be going forward. But, uh, you know, this might be the last year of these matchups between the SWAC and and the Pac-12. And I certainly enjoyed the trip down there, got a chance to joined the team on their tour of the Eddie Robinson Museum at Grambling State. And uh, I really enjoyed this experience. And uh, uh, it's going to be unfortunate. You know, I'm, you know, I'm not, there's, there's things like that across the board that are just kind of, uh, you know, going by the wayside with the conference realignment. Yeah, and th- that list is long. You know, <laughs> a lot of non-football things that are uh, going by the wayside with conference realignment. But um, you know, certainly that is one of them. And, uh, that basketball team is gonna be fun to watch. I know, but so is this football team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're obviously mainly focused on that team and, uh, you know, I'm excited to see a game next week, which we'll talk more about next week. Looking forward to it. Uh, what, one more weekend and then we get to do game game week podcast next week. Uh, one other quick note though, before we close up volleyball gets started this weekend, they've got, uh, they're hosting uh, their own tournament, the Buffs Invitational, to get things going. Uh, they play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but they get things started on uh, Friday night against UNLV at the Event Center. Awesome. Well, that, that should be a fun team as well. So lots of good things going on. We'll see you, and Pat and I will be back again next week to preview the matchup with TCU. Looking forward to that, and thanks, as usual, everyone, for listening.